You've got work friends, you've got best friends, and now you've got ghoul friends. Hello and welcome to episode 125 of the Ghoul Friends Podcast. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Celeste. And we're conveniently huddled at our kitchen table (laughs) right next to an outlet um, because the Mac was dead (laughs) and she needed a boost. (laughs) She's charging. She's charging as we're doing this. Yes. Um, We're back. We promised you we would be. Yes. So sorry. We had to duck out there (laughs) after we said we were back and then we're like, we can't be back just yet. (laughs) As you've known, we are not reliable narrators. um, So... (laughs) We're back. We're back. Yes. Big week this week coming up. We Big are week. having our goods delivered from the U.S. Thank God. And our kitties go. They are. This week. The feline invasion begins. It's been quite a roller coaster ride trying to get the cats over here. Yeah. From just like paperwork and things we just didn't know you had to have, couldn't have. Uh, Mishka being diabetic. Where his insulin needs to stay cool. Yes. Um, so being on an airplane for hours and hours. And um, keeping that cool. Uh, Papa Ghoul is playing some Mad science scientist <laughs> uh, experiments here, trying to keep that cool for that long. Yeah. Um, so we have, obviously, insulin for him when he arrives. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a big week for us. It is. I mean, this cat saga has been <laughs> ongoing and... I am dead serious. I feel like if you, if anyone listening is going to have to perhaps ship an animal soon, please reach out to us because we'd be more than happy to share the knowledge (laughs) we gain because it's a lot. There is a lot of paperwork. Um, we originally thought we could do it ourselves. Um, let me just tell you that unless you do this for a living, you, you cannot. Yeah. Um, so we ended up having to go with a, what's called a pet broker, Mm -hmm. which is, this is their job to arrange the paperwork, the vet visit, um, they have been fabulous. Yes. Um, very responsive. So I, I'm so glad we ended up going that route. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's going to be so strange to see them here. Here. And I think that, I mean, this is easily the longest we've gone without being around them. Oh, yeah, for sure. It'll be weird too, like getting our stuff from the U.S. because, like, everything that we have here now, for we the most part, is new. Here. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm so sick of like the same four outfits because we only packed three suitcases, one mm-hmm. full of just like stuff. Yep. And then the each shit. of us had just a suitcase to fill with clothes. Yep. Um, so I, I've worn my Goonies shirt. <laughs> I've worn all, I'm throwing all of these clothes out <laughs> once my other clothes come in. Like they're just going out the door. Yeah. But it'll be weird like to see all of our like, household stuff. Yes. In Germany. Like it still feels like an extended like vacation. Kind in of a weird of, way. You know, like. Yeah. Obviously, you're going to work, so that's... That part's not a that's <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, But, you know, definitely, it's, it's going to be a wild week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to start feeling, Real. I think, a lot more permanent. And I think we'll feel a lot more settled, mm-hmm. like, one, having our cats, because, like, you know, is it nice not having to inject Mishka twice a day? Yeah. Yes, but at the same time, like it's so quiet and yeah. it's like our family. It's, yeah, I could never not have an animal. I don't think. No, we said you know we we try to be all brave and bad, and we've always said for a while that after you know obviously we lost Dennis, and then after eventually the kitties go, that we would be petless for a while. But I just don't see that. No. <laughs> I'm like I could go adopt a puppy right now. <laughs> I could, but it took time. Like. I think now I don't want a puppy right now, no. but, um, like I honestly, after Dennis, 
we very much said like we couldn't even think about the thought of another animal. Mm-hmm. No, I, I everybody grieves differently. So mm-hmm. you know, people that have gotten dogs like I mean, soon after, sure, it's whatever works. It's that's so great, but I definitely, I'm so glad that we were on the same page of like we were. Just I, I, I still don't think I'm ready yet. Like I still feel like it would be like replacing. Yeah. You know, Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would. I think it'll be the chapter after the cats. You know, like I just don't. Oh, for sure. See, well, one the bills, <laughs> the vet <laughs> bills. <laughs> it ain't cheap having three fur babies. Um, no, especially when one of them is Mishka, <laughs> our drama queen. Our drama queen. It's so funny though. It's like I feel like people feel like we like exaggerate with Mishka and like mm-hmm. how like sassy he is and like obviously with your parents like they know he's like kind of a pain in the ass. Um, well, they really know now. It's really funny now because everyone's like terrified of Kitty, which I don't know why. Like, she's not mean or aggressive. Like, no, she's actually like the biggest sweetheart ever. Yeah. Um, has become fast friends with like your mom. Like, they've become <laughs> best buddies. Like, they watch ghost shows at night. They <laughs> just sit together on the couch. It's so cute. Um, and they love Kitty. Uh, your mom said yesterday that if Kitty didn't shed so much. <laughs> She, she was contemplating her. not shipping her over. You're like, you better send her over. <laughs> no. <laughs> the answer is nine. Um, but it'll be so good to have them both back. And, and mm-hmm. Mishka too. It'll be good to kind of get back into that routine. and Yeah, have them back again. And hear him sing Ave Maria at 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be nice and echoey in here. <laughs> yeah, well, it's echoey now because we don't have a lot of stuff. And we don't, like, our floors are stone, so, like, mm-hmm. we don't have carpet or... We have rugs coming, so yeah. it's that's the other hard part is, like, I don't remember half the shit in our house. Well, buying stuff has up. just been difficult because not for, like, the big... Like, we knew we needed a kitchen table, couch, chairs, mm-hmm. TVs, all that stuff. Basically, we, I mean, we sold everything that had an American outlet. Which was outlets, so smart. It was so smart. So glad we did it because, um, obviously, the plugs are different here, the yep. voltage. Um... But I'm excited. It's going to be like Christmas. Like, oh, I remember this. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It is going to be like Christmas, and it's going to be just a flurry of just things happening, and it's just going to be a wild week. Um, Wednesday, we get our stuff. We get internet. <laughs> We've been running. Thankfully, um, your friend neighbor. has a, um, <laughs> a, hot a hot spot, so we've been able to have internet, because when they told us, like, it takes forever, like, they have to come to the house and, like... They have to turn, turn it on, on the internet. Yeah. Which I think is so silly. <laughs> it's different. That's for sure. I mean, it's, you know, in the U.S., you sign up for Comcast or mm-hmm. whatever, and they ship you out a box, and you just plug it in, and voila, yeah. internet. Well, so we have the router that they shipped, but I think a lot of it is, too, because... Um, this is like a new build. Yeah, it's, it's true. a brand new building. So we're the first, you know, they're like, Oh, who, you know, was the Your last tenant. Cause maybe we can, you know, skip the whole having someone come out, but I, I don't no. think we could get around that even no. if we wanted to. Yeah. No, it'll be nice to have internet. Now that we're not great. Well, we just like hotspot. take, well, no, the hotspot's been great, but like you have to take it. It like, travels around. You. Yeah. <laughs> so. It does better near a window. So we have to like position it very strategically. Luckily our house is full of windows it is so, so it's it's been fine yeah but no it's uh, I'm I'm happy that this kind of chapter is going to close soon of us getting our stuff and our animals and finally being here yeah and our like getting our stuff I think is going to be huge because it just still feels a little bit unsettled mm-hmm. yeah um, a little bit empty you know yeah. I'm like I want to do but it was fun yesterday we <laughs> 
went to Ikea for a one single $10 part for our a bed that I was building, yeah. that fucking bed. We'll I get to that bed. This fucking bed. <laughs> we'll get to the bed. I love the bed. The bed. Is... Building the bed. Fucking loathe entirely. Mm-hmm. But we ended up spending like 350 euro. For a $10 for a piece. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's cute. Oh, mm-hmm. that's cute. Um, bought some pictures to yep. hang. Um, some other fun stuff. Some decor. Yeah. Um, some bedding. Yep. Though we're gonna have to have four freaking duvets on our bed because Caitlin has now decided she's <laughs> gonna snatch them all at night. So we learned when we were at the hotel. Um, I guess it's just a very European thing to have mm-hmm. your own kind of like blanket, like a twin size duvet almost. Yeah. Well, we needed a little bit bigger than a twin. I need more than that. That was. I like to like. But well, I, I like to cocoon and like snatch <laughs> everything around her. I like felt. You get up in the night, and I was like, I thought maybe you were like going potty or something. Mm-hmm. And then you came back with like one of the blankets that we had gotten, <laughs> and I yeah, I was like, I didn't realize I had literally like snagged all, all of them. the blankets. But really, having my own blanket at night is it's a game changer. It is a game changer. Like I thought I'd be like, oh, I miss you. But I'm like, you can like still you still in the bed. I don't want to find you. <laughs> but like having your own blanket is really yeah, really nice. Yeah, that is something I've enjoyed about. Yeah, journey so far. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm ready for our bed to come in. Yes, we did oh ship God. our bed and our mattress, and like that mattress is like perfectly shaped to my ass. So I'm ready to lay. <laughs> Shout it. out to Indigo. We've had that for a couple of years. Sorry, yeah. this is a squeaky chair. It's okay. Um, Indigo has been like I don't know. We kind of knocked like a bed in a box before, and I'm like, it's and now it's so been, normal now. And you can like take it apart and like clean Full. under it. You can flip them over. Like it's two separate. It's like two twin it's size foam. mattresses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's it so comfortable. It is so comfortable. So I miss that. I'm ready for it to get here. We only have Sunday, Monday, two, three more sleeps. <laughs> so ready. We have like two plates, two cups. Like we have very minimal kitchen supplies. Yeah. We have I shipped almost everything from our kitchen mm-hmm. other than appliances. Like appliances and anything that plugs in. Yeah. No, I feel like for anyone that may be doing this move, my recommendation would be to get rid of as much as you possibly can. Well, we joined one of the greatest pieces of advice we've gotten is join to join Facebook. like a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did. And we did. And I mean, People that are asking for advice, that's literally, I'm so glad we listened to that advice because, yes. I mean, getting here, you're just like, oh, that never would have worked. Like, this never would have worked no. over here. And it's just, yeah, you really want to rely on other people's experiences. Yes, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, it's been a big, big couple weeks. I feel like we just vented. <laughs> Sorry, there's been a lot going on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, all in all, so, all that to say, so sorry, we're still in an adjustment period and yeah. I am hoping that after this week, we can start to get into an actual routine. I'm not going to promise an episode next week because I feel like this week is going to just be crazy. So mm-hmm. sorry in advance yeah, <laughs> that I'm not going to guarantee a next week episode. Fair enough. That's a good way to approach it. I don't want to get your hopes <laughs> so, up. Yeah, but after that, I feel like we can get uh, we're going to get back into it because we're going to have our stuff, our cats, mm-hmm. and don't need to focus it's still just all focusing on like yeah moving like just this big huge adventure. It's true. It's very true. So yeah, I'm glad we're back. I miss it a lot. I like do podcasting. too. I really. It's. I was like in my element here. Although I'm ready for a printer because um, I fucking yes. hate writing. You write your notes all the time. I do. I hate writing. 
Mm. And I have to, and I have like huge handwriting. Like my handwriting is really big. Is that just a lefty thing or is that just, that I've just you? always had, I remember. <laughs> Fun fact, if you didn't know, Caitlin's left-handed. I am left-handed. I don't know if we ever said that. I may be dexterous. I can't. You are. If yeah. I practiced, I could write. With your right Pretty hand. well with my right hand. Um, it was really helpful when um, I was um, practicing dental hygiene. Yeah. And my wrist would be, like, super sore from, like, yeah. scaling with my left hand. I could scale with my right, which oh, is, like, okay. a really cool. But it was really hard to learn, like, in school. Backwards. Because there was only one teacher that was left-handed. Mm. And everything was yeah. backwards. Um, I don't think so. I was going back to – we've been rambling for way too long. But, Sorry. Um, <laughs> I remember it was, I think it was like 10th grade. It was definitely high school. And I remember writing notes in history and I was writing excommunication mm. and it took up the whole entire like line. <laughs> <laughs> and like the teacher was laughing, like she like held it up. I was like, who oh. writes this big? <laughs> Fair. My handwriting gets big too. The more tired my hand gets. But for me, it's more about like, I would always handwrite my notes like in college, um, because I, I retain it better when I write it down for yeah. some reason. Like it yeah. just oh, for sure. I never took notes on my laptop Mm-mm. in college. No. And like I developed, um, like once you learn how to write in like shorthand and really mm-hmm. abbreviate things, it makes it so much faster, yeah, but for sure. yeah. Yeah. All right. Do you want to just jump right into it since we've yeah, talked and, their ears off? Yeah. And we do have a theme this week. I know we never, it's we typically quite random, but, um, we're doing like, uh, some spooky writers. Which yeah. I don't think we've done before. No, it was a different one. I really angle. enjoyed like researching. I did this. too. I enjoyed mine too. Um, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll go first. Sure. That's okay. Yeah. I feel like you, since you have a personal connection to yours, okay. maybe a good one to end on. Sure. But I am going to piggyback off of your topic from last episode, because you talked about Frankenstein Castle. Yes. Here in Germany, which is about an hour, an hour or so from where we are. Which we definitely want to go. Yes. That was on the list, and then life yeah. occurred, <laughs> and that didn't happen. We've had a lot of things on our list. <laughs> that have not occurred yet. Yeah. So I was kind of thinking about it, and... um you know, Frankenstein, I mean, did you ever read the book? Yes. I think we asked this last week. I think I did. Okay. a long time ago. I read it in high school. Okay. Um, and I actually really loved the book. I thought it was great. Um, but I thought it'd be interesting to do the writer of Frankenstein, who mm-hmm. is uh, a woman named Mary Shelley. Yeah. She's crazy. Yeah. She, I mean, I think Shelley could be thought of as one of the mothers of horror writing. You're going to have to just keep talking, but you, okay. you shorted us on the drink here. And, uh, oh, wet whistle. oh, sorry. <laughs> All keep right. Talking, keep talking. So Mary Shelley, um, Mary Shelley was born as Mary Wollstonecraft Godwin <laughs> on uh, August 30th of 1797. So her and Gabby Ghoul, but yeah, her and Gabby Ghoul have the same birthday. Though. That's fun. That's cool. Um, and she was born in London, England. Uh, so she kind of came from a pretty impressive family. Her father was a philosopher. He was also a famous political writer. Um, and her mother who like is a bad bitch. She was an, a very well-known writer as well. And a feminist. Nice. Um, but unfortunately she died pretty soon after Mary was born. So her father ended up remarrying a woman named Mary Jane Claremont in 1801. And this kind of started the problems that Shelley had, in her childhood, um, her and her stepmother did not get along at all. And, um, I believe her stepmother had two children previously. Okay. 
And she ended up sending her daughter to school, I believe, but did not believe that Mary needed to be educated. So never sent her to school. Oh. Um, so she was kind of given like wicked stepmother vibes. <clears throat> so, um, you know, she didn't have a formal education, but she actually came in contact with a lot of famous people as a child. Um, for example, she even met uh, Samuel Taylor Coleridge. And if you're like me, that name stuck out, but you couldn't figure out why it stuck out. Um, for those that had to read this in high school or college, um, Coleridge wrote uh, Ryman the Ancient Mariner. Never even heard of it. Have you ever heard of like the term like an albatross? An like, albatross? No. <laughs> an albatross. No. I believe this is from that. Um, it's a poem. So an albatross is today used as a term, like, um, it, it means like something's weighing on you. Okay. Like if you have a big secret, it's an albatross mm-hmm. because that's a major character in that poem. And it's a, an albatross, if you're wondering, it's just a big ass bird. Oh, so okay. just fun fact. Fun fact. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Mary was kind of meeting these famous writers, um, as a child, she did learn to read and she read frequently and really began writing short stories quite early. And she later said that it was really her way of escaping kind of an un, like an unhappy life at home. Okay. Um, she published her first story actually in 1807. Remember, she was born in 1797. Okay. So she was quite young when she started publishing. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So she did have some happier times. In 1812, for example, she went to Scotland to stay with a family friend of the Shelleys, the Baxter family. And really loved it out there. And, um, you know, it sounds like really got along with the family and kept uh, returning to Scotland quite frequently because she felt very comfortable there. Um, Now, in 1814, she began dating who would become her husband, uh, Percy Shelley, where her last name comes from, who was actually a student of her father's. Okay. Now, this caused a big old riff because Shelley was still married to his first wife at the time. Oh. So that her, um, so Mary and Percy ended up fleeing England to be together while he was still married. So that wasn't great. Okay. And um, that caused a lot of family drama. I could imagine. Um, and her and her father did not speak for some time after this because he was so pissed at her for uh, running away. Got it. So um, from then on, Mary and Percy, they traveled through Europe a lot, but they really started encountering like financial troubles. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a lot of heartbreak too in their relationship. They lost their first child in 1815 um, and then lost uh, a second child the following summer. So a lot of heartbreak quite quickly. Sorry, it's not beautiful when you have to turn a page. (laughs) So this is kind of bringing us to the point where Frankenstein kind of comes into the story. Okay. So they've encountered all of this loss. They're kind of in, um, you know, financial troubles. The following summer, they ended up staying with Jane Claremont, who I believe was her half-sister, or okay. stepsister, I'm sorry, stepsister, uh, Lord Byron, who is a very famous writer himself, if you Google him, and John Polidori, who I have no idea who that is. <laughs> Got it. So, they're in Switzerland. Um, they, basically, the weather, it sounded like, was really, really shitty. Like, rainy, stormy all day, nothing to do. Perfect time to write a scary book. Yeah, exactly. No TV, <laughs> no internet, so what are you going to do? No TikTok. <laughs> Um, so Lord Byron proposed that they have a writing contest and that they try to write their own horror stories. Okay. Um, and this is what led Mary to start writing Frankenstein. So like what a serendipitous, you know, moment that this is all because of a writing contest that Mm -hmm. possibly one of the greatest works of horror was written. Yeah. 
Um, by a woman. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, she starts writing. Now, it, one thing I remember thinking, and I just want to clarify, she did not write it that entire time they were in Switzerland. It took her a, a while to finish. Okay. But she started it there. Okay. Um, so after, you know, she starts writing the story, more heartbreak comes their way. Um, she, I believe her half-sister, um, trigger warning, uh, completed suicide. Mm-hmm. And then after that, Percy's first wife ended up completing suicide. Oh, wow. um, because she had passed away, this allowed Mary and Percy to marry, to get married, because they were not married up until this point. Okay. Um, so in 1818, she did end up finishing Frankenstein. It was released, and it became actually a really huge hit quite quickly. And I found this kind of funny, and I could not find why, but she released it anonymously. It did not originally have her name. Mm, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And her husband wrote the introduction to Frankenstein. So many people assumed immediately that it was him, but it later was republished with her name attached to it. So they start making some money from the sales of this and they ended up moving to Italy. And basically from what I found, Shelley was, I mean, Mary was very much in love with Percy and she, you know, from what I could say, see did not ever stray from him. Mm -hmm. Um, but Percy, Mr. Percy did a lot of straying, unfortunately. Um, I'm like, your girl is writing the greatest work of horror fiction, and you're dilly-dallying around? Like, what you doing? What the fuck are you doing? Where are you at? Mm-hmm. I know you fired up when you say the F word. Yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> like it. So, Percy cheated on her quite frequently. So, okay. they, they dealt with a lot of adultery. They ended up losing uh, two more children, unfortunately. Um, only one of their children lived to adulthood. Wow, that's awful. It's very awful. And unfortunately, the tragedy did not stop because in 1822, I believe July 9th, 1822, Percy drowned while oh. sailing. So See, that's why I'll never get on a fucking sailboat. Those things are stupid. <laughs> They're awful. Why would you do Caitlin that? Caitlin is terrified of sailboats. It's just a lot of work. Well, it is a lot of work. Like, I, I don't want to have to, like, flip a boat over or, like, run <laughs> to one side. you learn to or, sail. You can just ride. <laughs> you don't have to do it. No, all. you can't just ride. I see people, like... That's why you get in the big ones. I would go on the... Remember that big bitch in Charleston? Mm-hmm. I would go on that. Yeah, the big ones are not going to flip over like that. Like, I learned... I just, my Caitlin's terrified of them because I told her the story of... Um, my dad and I learned to sail one summer. And, like, you can do, like, sailing camp. And basically, they put you in these little tiny baby sailboats, and they put you out. We were in the middle of, like, Charleston Harbor, and part of learning is to learn how to right the boat in case it flips. And but why? Because it could flip over. Why would you get in something that could flip over? It just makes no sense. You just ride in the big, bougie sailboat, and you'll be fine. <laughs> Fair. So, it's a no on sailing for Caitlin. No on sailing. Um, so yes, unfortunately, you know, Percy does uh, pass away in 1822. And this is the part that got me. She became a widow at age 24. Oh, wow. She was 18 when she began writing Frankenstein. Wow. She was so, so young. Um, and here's kind of a, a creepy little fact too. Um, so she had Percy cremated, but his heart for some reason didn't burn when they cremated him. So Mary ended up wrapping it in Percy's final poem that he wrote and keeping it in her desk drawer until she died <laughs> and told no one. So I'm sure that was a fun discovery to make what after her death. Oh. <laughs> like, one, the, the smell. Yeah. Um, 
would be probably pretty bad horrendous um but i found that kind of interesting a little macabre um so mary herself she died on february 1st of 1851 she was 53 from brain cancer and she was buried at saint peter's in bournemouth england okay um and the heart was removed from the death drawer and interred (laughs) with her and like it's kind of sweet but like definitely a little odd yeah a little creepy. So, I mean, what... But, like, why didn't this heart burn? I don't know. I have too many Toms. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you think about it, too. This was in Way the bad. 1800s. I'm not sure cremation was exactly where it is today. I follow this guy on TikTok, and I don't remember his handle, but uh, he is an autopsy tech. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, like, apparently, like, very overweight people are really dangerous to cremate because... Um, apparently fat, like, burns, like, really quick and, like, really hot. And so, like, when a really fat person comes in to be created. That's not funny. <laughs> it's not. But the way he was telling it, I was like, and, like he's like, it's kind of like a work hazard. And I was like, that's really, I don't, I could never. I'm so sorry to whoever has to cremate my big ass one day. <laughs> sorry in advance. Sorry for the work hazard. Because <laughs> I'm getting cremated. I am not being married. Uh-uh. No. But I thought that was. That I love his TikTok, but I was like, hmm. It's yeah. quite interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. It's, yeah. The art of cremation is interesting. Yeah, it is. And do you know if you have, like, a um, an artificial joint? Obviously, like, a metal fucking rod is not going to burn. burn. Yeah. Um, and they just put it in, like, a big bucket, and then, like, this hmm. goes away. I think, too, with pacemakers, because they blow up when you try to... Like, you, if someone had a pacemaker put in, mm-hmm. I think they have to physically remove the Take pacemaker it because it mm-hmm. will literally blow up in the um, in the thing. So, yeah. Uh-huh. That's so much more about cremation <laughs> than I ever needed to know. <laughs> There's your fun facts. There's your fun facts. Thank um, you, TikTok. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that is Mary Shelley's life. Um, and I also found some interesting facts about the book. Okay. Which I thought might be a good way to end it. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that she said um, that she got the inspiration for Frankenstein from what she called a waking dream. So it quite literally came to her in her sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't read the book in so long. I was like, some of these were kind of funny to me. Um, Apparently in the book, the monster is a vegetarian and he learns languages by spying on families while he's in isolation. Um, the book itself has a lot of, um, parallels with the story of Adam and Eve from the Bible and their expulsion from the garden of Eden. Okay. You remember the cliff notes on that one, how that went down? Um, very vaguely. I didn't pay attention to that shit. Uh, I had no interest. Someone who was forced to go to Sunday school. Thanks mom and dad. Um, (laughs) I know it. So basically for those, I'll give you the high view of it. Um, when God creates Adam, he creates Eve. They live in this bougie-ass garden called the Garden of Eden, and then the devil, disguised as a snake one day, rolls up and is like, hey, Eve, like, remember that rule that God said about you can't eat anything in the garden? And she said, yeah, and he said, well, why don't you just go eat that apple? And I'm paraphrasing because I've not read the Bible (laughs) in so long. Um, And she takes a bite out of the apple, and then God says, you got to go, and, like, boots him out of the Garden of Eden. So... There are many parallels in Frankenstein to that. Actually, the first page... She chose to use a quote from um, Paradise Lost, which is a famous poem, mm-hmm. from a quote that Adam supposedly says before he has to leave the garden. So, and I say this all to say that basically the point of Frankenstein is a depiction of like what it means to be human. 
and to be, um, I guess, demoralized by society and, um, like suffering loneliness are major themes in the book. Um, another thing that I found kind of interesting is that she never said who Frankenstein, who is the doctor, not Mm -hmm. the monster. Right. I didn't remember that. Um, was, she never said that there was something, someone specifically that inspired Frankenstein, but she, in reading her diary, many people think it could be based on a man named Johann Conrad Dippel, um, who she learned about when she was visiting Germany mm-hmm. in the town of uh, Gernsheim. Um, so this was kind of all urban legend, but Dippel was said to have been an alchemist, and then he was also said to conducted experiments on cadavers in the hopes of reanimating someone. Yeah, that's the guy that I talked about last week. Yes, yes, case. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. So yes, it's heavily thought that he had a lot to do with the inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, that's because mm-hmm. I remember last week when I did that, um, it's unknown if she actually has ever even been to Frankenstein's, Frankenstein's castle. castle. Yeah. Um, yeah. But apparently it's got some dark mm-hmm. darkness to it. Yeah, definitely. I still want to go see that really I know. Um, let's see. When we calm down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, when our life like, gets back to normal. Um, so just final things. As I said, the monster is not named Frankenstein. It's the scientist's name is Frankenstein. And the actual full title of the book is Frankenstein, the Modern Prometheus. Mm-hmm. And those are your fun facts. Those are fun facts. And um, just a fun little fact, too. Another podcast that I really love called Scare You to Sleep. Um, for Patreon listeners, I believe... The host is doing, she's been reading Frankenstein and she does like incredible sound production with it. And oh, she is a cool. fabulous narrator. So like, it makes me really want to go join a Patreon because <laughs> I really want to hear her version of it. Yeah. That's um, awesome. So just something, if you're interested in that chat, definitely check out Scary to Sleep. It's such a good, such a good show. You listen to it all the time. I do. I don't get to listen to podcasts at work anymore, which makes me really sad. So I try to do it when I'm like doing stuff around the house. Yeah. So... It's good stuff. Yeah. Or like cleaning. I'm listening to like 90s hip hop <laughs> and you're listening to podcasts. And like we are two different people. We are very two different people. <laughs> All right. That was mine. All that was a good one. I yeah. liked it. Good. Are you ready? Yes. With my 85,000 pages. Of yes. With my your big handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've definitely talked about him before mm-hmm. um, and I've definitely told the story before, so I won't tell the story. But I'm going to tell a story um, of Stephen King. Um, I yep. did fun fact: scoop his ice cream, yep. eat a medium um, almond joy on a sugar cone <laughs> um, at an ice cream shop that I worked at mm-hmm. um, all through high school and college. Hmm. Um, he is known as the master of horror. Obviously, yes. Probably most everybody has heard of him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was born and raised mostly in Maine um, and currently lives in Maine. It's basically Maine is like lobsters and Stephen King. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So he was born Stephen Edwin King on September 21st of 1947. Dang, he's old. He is old. Um, He obviously is an American author, mostly horror, um, a lot of supernatural fiction, Mm -hmm. suspense, crime, sci-fi, fantasy, just... You feel like scary shit. It's all scary shit. Like you read his books, and you're just like, hmm. But he wrote, he wrote the Green Mile, right? He did. And Shawshank Redemption. He did. Those aren't scary per se. 
They're thrillers. They're thrillers, but they're not, it's not like jumpy, like scary. No, it's not like it or Carrie or something that's like horror. I actually really love The Shawshank Redemption. That's like one of my favorite ones. It's a great one. It's a great movie. I just, I love Stephen King. Mm -hmm. Um, If you've not listened to previous episodes, I talk about him. If you don't like Stephen King, you can go ahead and turn this podcast (laughs) off right now. Go find another one. (laughs) Um, His books have sold over 300. And 50 million copies. Wow. Um, but he, like most writers, um, has had a pretty rough go mm-hmm. at it. Um, and even recently is mm-hmm. not so much financially anymore, but, um, yeah, there's a lot of struggle. He does. Um, he has 64 novels and, um, I think it was seven of them have been made into movies. Mm, dang, I can't even write one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, obviously like Carrie, It, The mm. Shining, those are all movies Yes, from his books. Um, he's also written over 200 short stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also had seven books published under a pen name, um, called Richard Bachman. I won't get so much into that cause it was yeah. not a huge deal. Um, but they didn't really like that. <laughs> they didn't really like the pen I name. feel like he's so well known as Stephen King. Like, yeah. He kind of can't keep it. Yeah. (laughs) Own it. Um, So his mom's name was Nellie and his dad was Donald. Mm -hmm. um, And they got married in 1939. Um, They were very poor. Mm -hmm. um, And they moved a lot. Okay. Um, They moved from, they met and married in Maine, um, had two children, moved to Chicago, then to New York, then back to Maine, then to Massachusetts, then to Connecticut. Then back to me. That's a lot of moving. A lot. And this was, I mean, it was just always back and forth, kind of between like their families. Um, they had family in Chicago. Okay. And like financially, they just yeah, needed to do that. Help. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, at the end of World War II, um, they were living in Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, his dad had told his mom that he was going to buy cigarettes. Um, this, and Stephen King was two years old okay. at this time. Um, and he left and never came back. But dad did. Wow. I feel your pain. <laughs> Dark joke. <laughs> Throw it Would in. you like to explain why? <laughs> um, well, I did. I had a very similar mm-hmm. situation with my biological father. It happened to her so she can make the joke. I can make the joke. <laughs> um, yeah, he Fair. just left and never came back. <laughs> but he thankfully was replaced with the best stepdad yeah. on earth. So, so if you know, like Greg, is, yes. I would always refer to him as my dad. Yeah. Because he's been my dad since forever. I, was, I think I was four when my parents, well, when Greg, when Greg, yeah. Greg. yeah. It's, yeah, because you, you said you vaguely remember meeting, do you remember meeting Greg? Like, yeah, I remember meeting him because um, he was so fucking tall. <laughs> Greg is huge. Like, <laughs> he huge. is, yeah. Um, his dad has shrunk now <laughs> a little bit, um, mm-hmm. my grandpa, and he was uh, seven feet tall. Wow. Greg is six, four or six. Well, he shrunk after he broke his neck, mm-hmm. my dad. Um, mm-hmm. But I think he's like six, three. They're just big folk. Yeah, they're just they're, a big bunch. And their mom, Nan, is like the cutest, petitest woman. And also, happy 85th birthday mm, to yes. my Nan. Yeah. Um, today. Um, is it today? Or is it yesterday? Oh, uh, maybe it was yesterday. It was yesterday. Okay. It was yesterday. I'm seeing all the posts now. Oh, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. Time's up. Yeah. Um, 
Anyways, back to it. If I refer to my dad, it's 99% of the time, Greg. So Greg did not go to get cigarettes and leave forever. (laughs) Okay. I don't want to accidentally smear Greg's (laughs) name. (laughs) My biological dad did. (laughs) It's okay. I think he's in prison. We can laugh about it. (laughs) All right. So you just here for the good times. Yep. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so the dad leaves. Doesn't come back. Um, He was, I believe, in the Navy. And basically, anytime they asked about like where he was, he was uh, like out to sea, off to sea, mm. just sailing. Okay, just never came home. Um, so this, I mean, was really horrible for their mother, of course. Yeah, um, who now is single. Yeah, and raising children. Poor. Yep. Um, but actually, got they moved. They were they were in Maine, and she was taking care of her elderly parents, mm-hmm. and she got a job um, at a hospital. Okay, and. This was when um, Stephen King was 11, mm-hmm. was when she financially was, like, pretty stable. Okay. Um, still didn't have a lot of money, but, like, a little bit they better. were not, like, going hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, they couldn't afford a babysitter, or she couldn't afford a babysitter, um, but they were a little bit older, and she would make um, Stephen King and his older brother read aloud to each other mm-hmm. until she got home, so... They kind of always, and they loved it. Like, they, yeah. they really enjoyed it. It's they kind loved, of inspired their love of reading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, he kind of has a rough go, obviously, at it in his childhood. Um, and apparently, one day, he came home, and his mom was just, like, saying that he was in a state of, like, shock. Hmm. Like, couldn't really talk, couldn't really say anything. Yeah. Um, and apparently he witnessed, um, one of his best friends get struck and killed by a train. Oh. Um, but he says he doesn't remember it. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming he has repressed that memory. Um, but they didn't find out until later on that night that, that had happened. And that kind mm-hmm. of explained his memory loss. Um, well, the memory loss and like his reaction when he got home. Sure. Um, so that's pretty awful. I couldn't even imagine witnessing that. And having to continue on. Um, but we're going to fast forward a few years and, um, Stephen King was shuffling around in his attic Mm -hmm. and came across the book. Um, and it's called Panther Horror, HP Lovecraft, the case of Charles Dexter Ward. Mm -hmm. Um, and he starts reading this book Okay, and falls in love with it. Like it's obviously a horror book. Mm -hmm. He loved it. And that book has been like, he has said like his turning point of when he knew Mm. like he wanted to like write horror books and Lovecraft was a huge horror author oh really Mm -hmm. he wrote I believe also wrote War of the Worlds oh okay yeah that's Lovecraft interesting Mm -hmm. um well that inspired um the master of horror yeah to be born fair (laughs) um this is kind of a little fun fact um he had a side hustle in high school where he would write short stories, like mm-hmm. short horror stories, and he would sell them to his classmates for their lunch money. <laughs> um, and he like, was profiting off of it. Yeah. They loved it. Um, sure. But then when the teachers found out, they I put a stop to it. Yeah. Um, but he did continue to write, and okay. he loved it. Um, and he said that he, would, he started by writing, it was like 2,000 words a day, at least, mm-hmm. like just writing every day as much as he could. Um, so he kept writing. Obviously, he's graduating high school. Um, he actually wasn't a very good student either. Mm-hmm. He's not like 
straight A's. Yeah. Just average. But wrote, 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 sending it in, getting denied, nothing's mm-hmm. being published. Um, so he is poor. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. And so he does get his first job, which I find an interesting one. Um, he was a grave digger. Well, that seems like the the fitting job for <laughs> Stephen King. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it was years when, you know, he had started working and just unsuccessfully... Um, just writing but not getting anything published. Right, nothing was get published was the word, not produced. Mm-hmm. That was the word that was in my head. Oh. Sorry, this chair is super squeaky. <laughs> I'm trying not to move. I wish I could tell you it's some ancient, like... Creepy rocking chair, but it's an Ikea plastic chair. (laughs) (laughs) That was literally like three weeks old. (laughs) Yep. Um, So he does get his first uh, story sold Mm -hmm. when he was 19, and it was called The Glass Floor. Um, But this only earned him $35. Oh, wow. Total. Yeah. So that's still not paying the bills. Right. Um, So he then goes on to um, the University of Maine. Mm Mm-hmm. And gets a bachelor's in English. Okay. Um, obviously still writing, still trying to get published things, and it's just not happening. He was not making a lot of money. Um, but he did start talking to, he calls her a cute girl in the library. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is Tabitha. Which also is Tabby. Tabby. Which who, is so cute. They are, they are so cute. Mm-hmm. I did also meet her very briefly. She was mm. very quiet. Um, I don't remember what ice cream she got, but... They they were super cute. Yeah. Like they met in the University of New England and fell in love. They met at the University of New England. Not, I mean, that's my alma mater. Oh my <laughs> Was he also a dental hygienist on the side? Like, why the hell did they meet there? <laughs> I'm just so used to saying that. I was like, <laughs> no, that's where I went to school graduated <laughs> with my bachelor's. Um, the University of Maine. Okay. That's where they met in the library. Um, they just started talking, fell in love. Stop making fun of me. <laughs> it's just funny. I'm glad you caught it because I didn't even I didn't even hear myself say that. <laughs> um, and they're still married today. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they live in a very creepy house in Bangor. Yep. Um, so we're kind of fast forward through that. They they get married. They have children. Mm-hmm. And he's still not getting anything published. published. They're very poor. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the same situation as him growing up. Yeah. You know, just nothing um but he did start going down like a really bad path um he started drinking like heavily mm-hmm. daily like mm-hmm. just insane amounts um it was like the big <laughs> you can get a big old case of beer in Maine too yeah um but he would drink like a, an entire case a day mm. um and he talks about that um a lot of that in his book um on I'm writing ready. which if you have not read highly recommend I would definitely it's a great recommend. book yes um we're, we're getting to time here it's okay Take your time. Well, <laughs> we had a really short episode last week, so we're making up for right. that one. Um, anyway, so he just goes down this horrific path of just drinking. Um, so he started writing a book, um, and he got three pages into it and hated it. So he crinkles up the paper, in there, throws mm-hmm. it in the trash, and is like, I'm done. Done with that um, one. Tabitha takes it out of the trash at some point uncrinkles it, reads it, and loves it. And is like... You need to keep Puts writing. it back on his desk and is like, keep writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the book called Carrie, mm-hmm. which we know is very successful. Uh, yeah. Um, so she reads it, loves it, encourages him. And 
he sends it off to the publishers like he's done a bazillion times, a bazillion times. Um, but this one is different. Um, he's still obviously drinking for got nothing, not Mm -hmm. no hopes for anything. Um, they were so poor that they didn't even have a phone line. Mm -hmm. Um, so he missed the most important call of his entire life. Yeah. Um, that Carrie was being published. Um, so the, um, editor had to send a telegram (laughs) to him. Um, and the telegram read Carrie officially a double day book, $2,500 advanced against the royalties. Congrats kid. The future lies ahead. Um, and so he receives that. And I mean, $2,500 to him was insane. Mm -hmm. It was so much money for him. Um, and fast forward, Carrie earned him over $400,000. Wow. Um, alone. Right. Um, so he is like riding high right now. Like Mm -hmm. he finally got his break. That doesn't even cover the, um, the film Carrie that was produced. No. Mm -mm. Because it was adapted into a movie. Correct. Terrifying ass movie, if I may say so myself. Yes. Um, so before the movie, Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of what he made on the book. And so he's like super stoked. Um, and it doesn't last long because uh, less than a year later, his mother passed away okay. from uterine cancer. Mm. Um, and this did not help his drinking no, um, problem. And so they kind of did the same thing he did as a child. They kind of moved around. Um, they actually went to Colorado okay, um, where he <laughs> wrote The Shining. Yep. <laughs> um, and so that was his uh, next big hit that he mm-hmm. obviously sent in. They loved it. Yeah. And I was kind of ramping up. Um, and that was actually the first one that became a movie mm. was The Shining. Obviously, Carrie came in later. But, yeah. Um, and fun fact, he actually hates the movie. That's the funny. Like, absolutely hates it. Hates the actors. Actresses thought um, Jack Nicholson did, like, the worst oh, wow. job ever. Like, he hated it. Interesting. Um, did you know he got the inspiration for The Shining? Um, obviously, staying at the... The Stanley. the Stanley, the Stanley, but he had a dream about his son riding a tricycle through the hallways and being chased by something. And that's the inspiration for the scene of the little boy in the mm-hmm. movie. There's a scene of him riding his tricycle. Like that's where it comes from. Nice. Yeah. Red around. Yeah. <laughs> Red around. It's, it's a, Danny's not here, Mrs. Torrance. <laughs> <laughs> Go watch that movie. You'll see what we're talking about. It's, it's, I, I like the movie, but the acting is, um, yeah, it's kind of a, I could see why he probably wouldn't like it. Yeah. It's an okay movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not one of my favorite ones, but your favorite is Shawshank. I would say Shawshank. Um, I would also say Green Mile, even though it like emotionally obliterates me every yes. time I watch that movie. Um, I think the Shawshank would be at the top. Well, and you have to devote like an entire day to watch the the Green Mile. His books are all long too; they're very long. You read the Green Mile recently, didn't you? Um, I listened to an audio book. Yeah, yeah, Mm. I did. I love it. It was two days Mm -hmm. I got through it because I just could not stop. Oh, I love it! I fucking love Stephen King. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so they go to Colorado. He writes The Shining. They end up moving back to Maine. Um. And Stephen King got a job at the University of Maine as a writer in residence. Mm -hmm. Um, So they moved to um, just like a little place near the school. 
Um, but it was on a really heavily trafficked road. Okay. Um, and he loves to walk. Mm-hmm. He's a big walker. Um, and so he's walking on this, you know, obviously heavily traveled road. And he sees a lot of, like, roadkill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a lot of dogs, Oops. cats being hit. Um, his cat got hit and killed. Um, on so the where Red Cemetery came from? It sure is. Yep. That's so really funny. That is where his next book, um, he got his inspiration from. Um, so now we're just kind of seeing this continuous um, success. You know, everybody's starting to know yeah. who like, Stephen King is. Now anything he writes is going to get published. Yeah. Because um, he's, he's becoming fucking badass. Yeah. Um, so this is when he writes like Cujo, Misery. Um, fun fact, he does not remember writing Cujo. Um, but you know, he comes into this, you know, big money, big fame. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the drinking was continuing. Mm-hmm. Um, he had gotten into smoking pot, doing, um, cocaine, taking pills, just um, yeah. cough medicine, like anything that he could, he yeah. was doing. Um, and it got so bad that Tabitha pretty much said, I will, if you don't stop, like, I'm going to take the kids. I don't care about the money. I don't care about anything. Like, I'm leaving and mm-hmm. taking the kids and going. And his friends basically, like, filled this huge bag with, like, empty pill bottles. Like um, everything. Everything, you know. Yep. And, like, dumped it out in front of him and said, like, dude, you have, like, got to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sought help and did um, become sober. Um he is sober as of right now, as far as I know. Um, I'll get into, he did have a little bit of a slip up, but that's part of another story that um, I'll get into soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he definitely, like, all of a sudden did a huge flip and sure. stopped drinking, doing drugs, everything. Um, so, in the late, I think this was 1999, Okay. Um, that this happened, and I remember that I was nine. Um, it was all over the news. It was a huge deal. Um, he had a near-death experience where um, there was a driver of a car. Uh, actually, it wasn't a car. It was a van. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently had a dog in the back seat and was, like, distracted by the dog doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, and the driver, like, mowed Stephen King down. Um, mm. as he was walking. So you struck him with the, the van. He got hit, yep, by the van. Um, he flew 14 feet wow. away. Um, and when we, like, drive, you know, people, onlookers, whatever, came to, like, look at him and find him, mm-hmm. um, he was, like, in the ditch and, like, crumpled, and his leg was just, like, mm-hmm. severely broken. You could tell, like, mm-hmm. just by looking at him. Um, he was kind of in and out of consciousness, um, obviously in a tremendous deal of pain. Um, so he gets to the hospital and, uh, he broke his hip. He had a collapsed right lung, um, and his leg was so severely broken that they contemplated amputation. Wow. Um, and so he was in the hospital for over a month like he barely he barely survived yeah um and interesting fact this is when he started right he had started it before mm-hmm. um, but he had finished writing on writing which is during his time yep mm-hmm. um 
great book. Oh, I, I cannot recommend it. <laughs> it I love a, that book. It is a great book. Um, unfortunately, this is where he has another um, incident with um, pain pills. He relapses. And he, yes. So he's just obviously in tremendous pain. Sure. Kind of gets hooked on that. Um, like I said, he was in the hospital for over a month, um, but he did quickly um, become sober after that. He kind of, sure. I think probably Tabby gave him one look and said, like, yeah. do we want to do this? Or he again? realized what was happening. And right, and sure. stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm wrapping up, I promise. It's okay, no, we're doing fine. Um, so this is kind of a weird chain of events. Um, unfortunately the driver of the van, um, he did, I think he got sentenced to six months in jail or prison Mm -hmm. and, um, lost his uh, driving privileges for a year. Sure. Um, he also had an addiction to pain pills. Mm -hmm. Um, and unfortunately ended up overdosing and passing away mm. um, on Stephen King's birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. So I thought that was huh. just an interesting yeah. mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and Stephen King, I, I don't know how he really felt about it. Um, obviously, he's super like famous and rich mm-hmm. and um, ended up buying the van that nearly killed him after the, the man passed away. Um, yeah. He said it was he didn't want like a crazy like fan to sure buy it and you know yeah it just seems better yeah. that he so he bought yeah. it for fifteen hundred dollars and had it directly sent to a junkyard to be scrapped mm, fair so now I think he just lives his best life eating ice cream um, creeping people out when they redid the movie it um, <laughs> he put a red balloon in his window mm. <laughs> um. We all float down here. <laughs> <laughs> it um, he just has such an interesting life. I think. Oh, I just, of course. I mean, I literally am obsessed with him. No, I mean he. I think forever changed the way right. modern horror and mm-hmm. you know what we think of as horror today. And it's interesting that you know without Mary Shelley tying it back, mm-hmm. there probably would not be a Stephen King. I yeah. mean, it's it's so interesting to see how the lives of these writers so heavily affect the mm-hmm. stories that they write because it's fiction that you can see the elements that are tied to their real, real lives. lives. Yeah. So I think that's what makes writing so interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, like where they get their inspiration from, like I would never look at like a dead cat in the road and be like, I think I can write a book about that. <laughs> I'm like, listen, wherever the pet cemetery is, when Mishka goes one day, uh, that is not where he is going because I cannot have Mishka rising from the dead. <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely not. But if any cat is going to rise it's to the dead, it's going to be Mishka. <laughs> Truly. No. He's like the cat from um, uh, the um, Hocus Pocus. Oh, he's, he's like run, run over. over. He's, he's like, like reinflates. <laughs> yeah. Mishka. Yeah. No, I mean, I just, my life goal is to be so badass that you get to have a memoir about your life yeah. that people read. Which, fun fact, Celeste is... In the middle of writing a memoir, which is phenomenal, must I say. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Stop it's, that. it's hilarious. <laughs> like, Celeste is a great writer. And, no, I love it. I, you haven't written in it. It's been a long time. A long, obviously, you're in school and working and moving, moving to, to foreign Germany. countries. So. <laughs> um, but I do hope that you do continue it because I, yeah. I love it. 
One day. And maybe one day we'll just listen to this episode and be like, remember when we were peasants living in Germany? <laughs> she wrote her memoir and they made a bazillion Now we're million, million, millionaires. No, I, I have had, it's been a, a working project for a while, but um, it's mainly about just coming out in the South, going through all the But the it's good, hilarious. It, it, I try You're to, a good joke, joker. Yeah, I try to put a comedic spin on it. Yeah. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. But um, yeah, that was wrapped up. Good. Yeah, those were. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, it was, it was very one. interesting. A departure from what we kind of normally do. Yeah, but spooky nonetheless. Well, yeah, they're definitely both spooky. Yes. All right. Now I want to go. I'm going to go buy on writing, so we have it in our house. Yes. I'll probably read it again. Any final words before we wrap up? No. Mm. <laughs> Um, the only thing I want to say is I know earlier when I was doing my piece, I was talking about Adam and Eve and the Bible and what, and I realized that may have come off a bit glib. So apologies <laughs> as like nonchalant. And I'm not, oh. I, I am not a big believer in the Bible, but that's just my personal religious views. So if that is something that you believe in, then I, I did not mean that to offend. So my apologies if, if that came out. I thought your rendition way. of that was wonderful. I'm sure it was super, like, super correct <laughs> as well. So apologies. Just wanted to put that out there. Well, so we won't talk about my religious beliefs. <laughs> <laughs> to each their own. Absolutely. All right. Well, go find Caitlin on Facebook. Everyone's been finding Caitlin on Facebook I've lately. Of, but yeah, I must say the the... We've been lacking on the, the animal pics here. I know. Send send your animal pics so we can put up animal pics of our own once our critters arrive. Oh, God. <laughs> so go do that. And just think of us. It's Sunday, but this you'll hear it on Monday. Yeah. Think of us this week, especially yes. on Wednesday and Friday, especially yes. Friday, picking up kitty kittens. Send your, send your good vibes our way, All please. Good <laughs> We're going to need it this week. <laughs> so sorry if we don't show up next week. <laughs> Again, yes. But, yeah. Fair. Um, so, yes. Go find Caitlin on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Come see us on Instagram at Ghoul Friends Podcast. You can find us on TikTok at Ghoul Friends Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Ghoul underscore Friends. And if you have a listener story or you just want to send us an email, remember that is ghoulfriendspodcast at gmail.com. And please do send in your listener stories because we love them and we don't have to do any research to do them. Come on, y'all making our lives easier <laughs> maybe if we get like seven this week we can do an episode next week just saying Ooh, <laughs> challenge thrown out there yes okay if we get at least seven listener stories we will t- are we saying that is that what we're i feel like no i'm not saying that but i am saying that because i know we're never going to get seven but i think if we didn't have to do research we definitely could do an episode next week yeah so just saying just saying if you want one <laughs> um so again send those emails into ghoulfriendspodcast at gmail.com and please put in the subject line listener story because it makes it much easier for us to find when we compile all of these yes um and i think finally you can get your fabulous ghoul friends merch at ghoulfriendspod.redbubble.com such a great job. Thank you. It's hard to keep track of all of them sometimes. <laughs> I don't know how you do. <laughs> all right. Any final thoughts? No. All right. I'm ready to get this week going. Me too. Well, for now, we hope you have a safe and spooky week. Do send in those listener stories. 
And as always, I'm Celeste. And I'm Caitlin. We're your cool friends. Bye. See you. Send it. <laughs>